0: Who ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. Another week, another victory for our beloved New Orleans Saints, and here to talk about it yet again with you is us over at the Who Dat Dish podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is now five straight wins for the New Orleans Saints. Ever since Drew Brees went down with a thumb injury, which, by the way, he is back at practice. He is going to be making his return soon. We're just not sure how soon. But as the team now turns their attention to Arizona, we actually want to dive into what went well, what went wrong, everything in between for the fantastic victory that the Saints had uh, the other day on Sunday against the Bears, which was a 36-25 to win in Chicago. And we'll dive into all the details in just a minute. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm joined by the OG co-host on the other side of the mic, Tyler Raymond. So Tyler, this is the sixth victory on the year for the Saints, five in a row we've had to talk about. We're, we're, we're kind of spoiled so far in 2019 yeah. with, uh, with with the uh, wins we've gotten to talk about. I, I'm, I'm super happy about it.
1: I, I'm very happy too, man. Another week, another dub. Um, it, it's funny. Right now, uh, we tell you guys on social media every week, argue me. The Saints are the best team in the NFL right now. The Patriots, yeah. the 49ers, the Packers. They can't do what the Saints are doing. They didn't have Alvin Kamara last week. They didn't have Jerry Cook. We know for weeks the Saints haven't had uh, Drew Brees. So, yeah, NFL, come at me. Other teams, fans of their teams, come at me. And uh, Mitch Chubisky, I know you're not listening, or fans of the Bears, if you're listening. Mitch Chubisky sucks. You should probably change your last name to Mitch Falsbisky because he's not the truth. He is a garbage quarterback. And, yeah, the Saints won. Uh, uh uh mainly in part with him being terrible so yeah mm-hmm. thank you mitch false whiskey. there so, yeah uh,
0: that's funny i get I, I i actually didn't get that at first when i read when i read what you had wrote but i get that now that's that's a, that's clever yeah, I like too that.
1: false. not so too busy. interesting uh,
0: okay very i like that i like that all right but yeah um i definitely think the saints are the best team in the nfl that's not even a bias statement um, I mean, yeah. look, at, look at what they're doing with their Hall of Fame quarterback down. Look at what – the other teams you mentioned, right? Uh, the Niners, the Patriots. Yeah, Patriots Packers, have an easy Patriots. schedule. Yeah, Patriots got an easy schedule. They also have their Hall of Fame quarterback healthy right now. Uh, the 49ers have a very elite defense, much like the Saints do, that they've built in and out. They also have one of the best play callers on offense, but they still have their star quarterback healthy. Um, and then, of course, with uh, the Green Bay Packers, they have – Brand new head coach with their future Hall of Fame quarterback as well. Much improved defense. Um, So that's kind of the name of the game, right? All four of these teams have really, really fantastic defenses. And the only outlier is is the Saints, who are without their star quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater, who went 23 of 38 for 281 yards and two touchdowns, uh, has been impressing not just Saints fans, but the entire NFL world. He's one of the top fantasy quarterbacks uh, over the past few weeks, something that we did not think we were going to say. And then hats off to our run game, who had to pick up the slack on Sunday with Alvin Kamara being out. He
1: balled, man. Murray balled, Yeah, Latavius
0: Murray had 27 carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Of course, Michael Thomas had nine receptions for 131 yards, uh, leading the day for receiving with Jared Cook being out with an injury as well. Um, before we get into any other stat de- uh, details and whatnot, um, let's get into just some some reactions. Of course, the Saints won thirty six to twenty five. It should have been thirty six
1: to ten. Well, it could have been bigger than that, actually.
0: No, so it really should have been uh, forty six to. I'll I'll give, I'll give the Bears one garbage time touchdown. Really, it should have been forty six uh, to eighteen or seventeen. Is, is what the final score should have been because of those two missed field goals by Will Lutz and then the fact that Latavius Murray should have gotten a touchdown, but instead we had to settle for a field goal. That's a 10-point swing. Um, and then you also look at the Bears. I'll give them that return touchdown by Cordero Patterson, but I would take away one, the final garbage-time touchdown that they had to, to essentially make it either 18 or 17 points they had. So really, this should have been even a, a much bigger blowout score wasn't as close as it even said. Um, it was 9-7 to after the first quarter, and it was 12-10 to at halftime. After that, it was all New Orleans. The third quarter belonged to the Saints. Yeah. Um, and biggest factors in these games, of course, Mitchell Trubisky. He is not the answer there in Chicago. We've made fun of the Bears for when they traded up one spot to draft Trubisky when the Niners weren't going to get Trubisky. Uh, yeah. So the Niners, essentially what happened there is the Niners got, I think, one future first-round pick, a couple of future mid-level picks. They only had to move back one spot for the Bears, and they also got a couple of draft picks in that same draft. They still got their guy, Solomon Thomas, and then the Bears traded capital for Mitch Trubisky, who was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So that will continue to be you know, a yeah. point for the Bears as they go on. And then versus Teddy Bridgewater, who had another strong game, another dominant outing, uh, made good plays. He was stretching the ball down the field. Um, he had a whole lot of protection against one of the better um, defensive fronts in the NFL and the Chicago yeah. Bears. Again,
1: Mack was a race, man. Yeah,
0: Mack wasn't really a factor in this game. Again, coming into this game, on defense, the Bears had the fifth-best rushing defense, only gave up 83 yards per game. They had the third-best scoring defense, only giving up 14 points per game. And then they were seventh huh? in sacks with 17. Latavius Murray clips that. Yeah, uh, of course he had 119 yards, and then for sacks, um, bu- 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 I think Cameron bu- 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 Jordan had two. Yeah, yeah. So well, well for the Bears, they only had um, they had two sacks on the day. Um, yeah, not much. So no, no, especially when they you know have 17 on the year, uh, that averages out to about three per game that they had coming up to the coming into this game. Uh, so that was also under their their season average, so to speak. So, you know, credit to that Saints offensive line, but more credit I think should be going to who who continuously doesn't get a whole lot of credit is the Saints coaching staff, especially on offense, doing these oh, for sure. great play calls for Teddy Bridgewater um, and utilizing the great protection by the offensive line to stretch the ball down the field a little bit more. Um and yeah, it was just it was a really, really strong outing. I want to know want to know some of your thoughts on the game Tyler what what were you thinking with especially with how this offense was playing
1: yeah so just everything I think right now we've seen we've seen some lows from Teddy right we've definitely seen some highs right now I don't know if you had to ask me right now I don't know what's going to happen uh at the end of the year for the Saints obviously they're they're a Super Bowl team but they've got all three of their quarterbacks free agents this year right but I think uh, the majority of Saints fans can agree when Teddy is playing well, we've seen enough from him that he deserves to be our starter if Drew Brees doesn't play, doesn't come back this year and plays after the season. But the thing is, does he does he come back? I mean, he's wanted enough attention where he like you see all over Twitter, all over the NFL pages. Teddy Bridgewater, five and oh, Teddy Bridgewater, four touchdowns, no picks. He's one of the best quarterbacks right now and not turning the ball over. He's gradually, over time, as week progresses, when he's starting for the Saints, he's throwing it downfield more. He's making more open, like, he's doing more. He's helping the Saints more offensively. He just put 36 on a team where their best part of that team is their defense. And, like, it just goes to show how well he's doing. And I don't really know what's going to happen after the season, but I really hope the Saints can get Drew and Teddy back if Drew wants to play and Teddy wants to play. It's going to be interesting, but Teddy was great. The coaching was great. The scripted plays were amazing. That one, uh, I know we've ran it before, but like people were freaking out as if like it's never happened before. That one play where Zach Klein gets it and uh, the, the fullback option pitches it to Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill runs up the field for like almost 30 yards. That was insane. Yeah. The offense looked great. Um the the coaching staff is amazing. I really hope none of our coaches leave us at the end of the season because, you know, when whenever a team's really good, uh, the bad teams always make good offers to the coaches on the good teams. But, um, right, dude, and offensively, dude, Murray can ball. Like, I don't know if I've been saying it enough, but I need to now. Like, Murray can – I don't know if I could say easily, but I think Murray could replace uh, – yeah, I'm going to say it. Murray could easily replace the production – uh, left uh, left on the field by Ingram if we give him the touches. Oh, for you know, sure. Like if, we, if we almost want to play that game again, Like I wasn't opposed to it because, sure, Alvin Kamara gets less yards, but if you want to give Alvin Kamara less touches, maybe down the stretch, keep him fresh and healthy for the playoffs, and really run that rock with Latavius Murray, the dude was balling, man. With those touchdowns, he just plowed through people. He was having sprints where he would sprint past a guy, run to the left, run to the right, get 8, 10 yards. The dude was balling, man. And if we can get that, like, you've got another weapon for Drew down the rest, considering we don't know what the hell is going to happen with wide receivers. But um, the offense was balling, man. And I know you asked me about the offense. I just got to mention you real quick. Dude, I love Chauncey Garner-Johnson, man. Yes. Dude, I, like, except for the one thing where he kind of got rocked and then he kind of made fun of Tariq, Cohen, Tariq Cohen's height along mm-hmm. with Dale Apple. But um, other than that, man, dude, he he yeah. plays so quick to the ball. No, that was. And awesome. dude, he he's got he's got this like swagger to him, this attitude. Like the second you're getting that ball, I, 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 like I'm a skinny dude, but I'm gonna yeah. rock you. Like, it's that Florida Gator mentality, dude, man. Like I love it. Like and we got him in a fourth round, and dude, PJ might get his might not get his job back because of it. And mm-hmm. then other stuff. Um, that was all the good stuff that I can mainly think well, of. Dude. And yeah, yeah, I I,
0: don't, I, I, can't remember if we mentioned it in the episode, but the whole reason Ch- uh, Chauncey Garner Johnson was playing partially was because of the PJ Williams DUI suspension. suspension yeah. He's facing two game suspension, but also, pretty much, first play of the game or, or, or the first play he appeared in in the game, Patrick Robinson, who was supposed to be filling in for PJ yeah, he Williams. Yeah, got hurt. He ends up getting hurt. I think he pulled his hamstring or or something went on there. So then Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has to fill in. Saquon Hampton, you saw him have some playing time as well. Um, And also, side note, actually Teddy Bridgewater only got sacked one time. So that's actually well below the Chicago Bears' average on the season. Only got sacked once for eight yards. Trubisky got sacked twice. Um, But yeah, no, credit to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for stepping up. He had seven tackles, uh, three tackles for loss, two passes defended, and one quarterback hit.
1: Dude, I love him. All over the place.
0: Von Bell led the team in tackles with eight total. We also had a tackle for loss, pass defended, and a quarterback hit. Eli Apple Dude, Marcus. He's playing Williams, so well too. Eli Apple and Marcus Williams each had six tackles apiece. Craig Robinson, Demario Davis, AJ Klein, good linebacker trio had four tackles apiece and Mario Davis had a quarterback hit. Marshawn Lattimore had three tackles and one pass defended. Cameron Jordan had two tackles, two sacks. Uh, Kiko Alonso also had two tackles in that round, just about everything up. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you also look at the just the play. I mean, I mean that's a total total tackles for the team was forty eight. So the Bears ran sixty three plays all game, and the Saints ran seventy four. Uh, lopsided yeah. possession. Saints thirty seven twenty six. Bears twenty two thirty four. Saints um. just. Controlled the ball. Credit to their defense, too, for forcing um, so many. I mean, the Bears only picked up 16 first downs compared to the 24 the Saints had. And all 16 of those first downs were passing first downs. And then uh, the the Bears only had 17 total rushing yards. Ran the ball Uh seven times for 17 yards. Their leading rusher was Cohen, who had 10 yards off of three carries. Saints Uh defense just absolutely dominated them. They made the Bears one-dimensional. And when you make Chicago one-dimensional, when you have Mitch Trubisky as a quarterback, I said this in my preview episode last week. Mitch, yeah. you, you had a game with a backup quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater going up against a quarterback who should be a backup in Mitch Trubisky. That's mm-hmm. the bottom line here. Trubisky proved that he is not a starting caliber quarterback in this league. Yeah. I mean, we saw Winston do some work against uh, the Saints defense. We saw Deshaun Watson do some work against the Saints defense week one. Um, they are able to stop rookie Gardner Minshew, but Trubisky's been in this league long enough to be one of those guys who can at least, at least, I mean, I know he had 250 yards, but he threw the ball 54 times. Of course he's going to get over 200 yards. Um, so Trubisky doesn't really have an, an, an excuse when it comes to this, and the Bears yeah, really like, need to start looking at some different options. I would be if I'm a Bears fan. Or oh, I, I agree,
1: yeah. Like, you just have to admit that that's a failure, you know, and you hope that, I mean, because the Bears are now what, like three and four, yeah, three so around five hundred. You have to hope that maybe somehow, some way, the Bears can salvage up some picks and maybe go get a quarterback because this right. is year for a quarterback. And yeah,
0: and this is a, this, not pretty. This Bears team is hot and cold. They started off with the loss against uh, the Packers, which was a really hard fought battle game. Then they rattled off three in a row, and now they've lost two in a row. When to the Raiders and now getting dominated at home against the the yeah. Saints. So, I mean, the Bears are going to have to really, really take a long, hard look in the mirror because they're in one of the tougher divisions in the league as well, with the Vikings yeah. and Bears already ahead of them. Uh, the Lions aren't going to be going away anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what ends up coming about the Bears because they were supposed to be one of the teams to be competing up there for the, you know, NFC, NFC title. Uh, a lot of yeah. people thought that they were that good, and their defense certainly was showing that they were early on the season, but... Uh, Saints and, and again, credit the Saints' offense for tearing up one of the better defenses in the league, too. It, it essentially looked like the Saints were the team coming into this game with the uh, top ten elite, top five defense in the league. Yeah. It didn't, didn't look like the case on the actual field. The, 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 or, or that's not the actual case on paper, but it looked like that uh, on the field. So, you know, credit all around. This was a, a yeah. great team win. It was a Especially great win. teams mishap with the return touchdown by Patterson. Or, uh, yeah, Cordero Patterson. But that'll happen. Gonna, I mean, if that's the only one we end up giving up all year, totally fine with that. But yeah. It definitely gave Chicago life. Um, yeah, which which could have been bad for the Saints, but luckily it wasn't. Um, any other notes you have yeah. for yeah? Go ahead. Other than uh, other, before we get into snap counts, PFF breeds. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I guess the only negatives for me, you know, uh, because the funny part is like I hadn't. Unfortunately, I, I was working trying to make that bread, but um, hmm. I. I was uh, I finally got home. I was watching the highlights, and then they're showing this new camera angle, you know, of like how Cordell Patterson sees it. And of course, the one time they do it, he takes it all the way back for a touchdown. So that right. was a big yikes. Um, well, lots. I mean, yeah. uh, normally we mention him when he's really good. Like he he did end up breaking the record for the most consecutive field field goals made uh, uh, on the road, and then he missed the next two. Yeah. So that would have been cool if he. Made all three. But he didn't cost us the game. Unlike yeah. kickers and Saints pass. So, yeah. thank goodness for that. And just garbage time points, man. I know the Saints, it stinks because of what had happened. Eli Apple got hurt, too. Right. But we, I was, like, vigorously watching his mom's Twitter. And thank goodness Eli Apple has a very prominent mother figure on Twitter. Let's all pray for that. But um, uh, any Apple, she, she recorded a video of him, like, he was, like, I wouldn't say hobbling, like limping. I, I think he just hyperextended his knee. In that case, it's not ACL tear. Hopefully, we'll be fine. But the reason why he was playing late in the game, uh, well, one, the, the Saints were trying to take most of the defensive players out because they figure if you're up by 30 on a team, you don't need anybody to get hurt but of course you had jt gray go down you had p rob go down so eli apple had to play late in it and then he Mm -hmm. went down with a non-contact injury so the injuries are annoying and then all the garbage time points and yards are annoying especially considering how most of the nfl media is literally blind and only showcases how well a team performs based on their stats given even though the new orleans saints are a great team and their stats literally we say every week are obscured because of garbage time points and yards, especially right. in defense, it's so annoying. Yes. But
0: but the like, defense needs to figure that out, and Cam Jordan tweeted yeah. about it, too. He said, you know, we're going to get this—I I, I hate the fact that, that we gave up those, you know, two yeah. garbage time touchdowns. The Saints need to figure that out, because this is a week-after-week recurring yeah.
1: problem, but, and it's an I'll only give them credit, though. If they're taking all their starters out, like, I could see it, but still. It still has to be minimized, so especially— right. Like it's going to get to a point where it might happen in the playoffs or something where a team might come back and actually take the lead. So we can't let that happen. But yeah, garbage time points, injuries, well, lots and special teams. Other than that, the Saints literally played nearly 100% all-around great football. Yeah, so.
0: for sure, for sure, yeah. Special teams blunders, I think, was really the name of the game. If you, you take those out, this was, again, a, a dominated performance. Yeah, it was
1: before, already so. dominating. Yeah.
0: Um, of course, Kamara sounds like he's going to be good to come back. The team did release Zach Center, who had a couple of carries in the game. Who, who they He's now won. with
1: Arizona, too, by the way.
0: Um, and then they also released Ray, Ray Armstrong who played in one game for the saints uh, for some death purposes. And then they also cut uh, JT Barrett yeah. from the practice squad who of course he's part of that carousel. But um, for those of you wondering at home, that usually ends up meaning the saints are going to need to fill those two spots with, because Camaro was never put off of the roster at all. The active roster. They just yeah. uh, signed Zach Zenner for some insurance stuff because he was uh, in an, in an active in the game. Now that Zenner's, Actually, off the roster, that does open up a roster spot for the Saints to fill. Same with Ray-Ray Armstrong being down. With the trade deadline coming up, we, of course, saw Mohamed Sanu go to the Patriots. Emmanuel Sanders go to the 49ers. Saints could be making some sort of move. We saw Quandre Diggs go to the Seahawks as well, talented safety. So yeah. other teams, other top teams in the league are, are are making a move right now. We'll see if the Saints, obviously, they were yeah. in on the Sanders sweepstakes, weren't able to able to or willing to give up. Those yeah. draft picks, uh, they don't really have the capital for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it sounds like Apple has a hyper extended knee. So hopefully, there won't be too many injury concerns coming up against Arizona this week.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say real quick, two picks for a thirty-one year old like it, it was out of the Saints' market. And right. like from literally every single source I've saw on Twitter, the Saints are definitely in the market for either another tight end or a wide receiver. Obviously, that could be their legit number two. So hopefully, if anything happens, we'll keep you guys updated. If not, quick plug, we haven't mentioned it already in the episode, so we'll do it now. Make sure you check out our social media on Twitter. We mainly operate through Twitter, of course, but we do other stuff. But it's mainly through Twitter, so check us out at the WDD podcast for our podcast yes. page, at Dayton underscore, Brown underscore for Dayton, and at Raymond Tyler M for myself. But let's get into the, uh, we already talked about the meat, uh, the meat on the, on the dish, For this game, let's talk about the potatoes, the second good part. Okay, so I've got PFF grades, and I've got snap counts. Let's go over the PFF grades first. Of course, like I said, we operate through Twitter, but I also love using Twitter for information, so kudos, as always, goes out to the PFF New Orleans Saints Twitter account. This is where I pull all the info from. Couldn't do it without them. They're always really helpful. They always um, respond most of the time to us. They're always really cool. So props goes out to them. I love the references too. I'll get into that in a second. So uh, if you play video games, literally the human cheat code uh, of the week, the highest-graded Saints player offensively, of course, none other. Uh, You can't guard him. Michael Thomas, he had an 85 overall grade after catching 9 of 10 targets, for 131 yards and seven first downs, man. You can't guard them, and that's the most among all wide receivers so far, Week Eight. And if you guys are keeping track, I know I am. Um, the all-time uh, receptions leader for one season, I think it's like 140 something. It's 143
0: by, think, by Marvin Harrison. Yeah, 143 you by Tyler, Marvin. wait, hold Harrison. up. You can't say you can't say if you're keeping track. I am, and then not uh, actually say the number.
1: No, I. Okay, are you keeping I track kinda... or no? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Uh, because I've been keeping track of how many he's been having all season right now. I believe he's one short, but at the rate Michael Thomas is going and, you know, champagne, how he likes to get records. It will not surprise me to see him uh, get that record this year. I-, I apologize for my, uh, my short, uh, brief, uh, brain fart, but okay, let's keep on going. Um, We mentioned fantasy football leaders. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been doing really well. But Latavius Murray had 32 points this week. Man, I hope you guys started him. Uh, Some other ones. Oh, this is is my favorite one, my perfect uh, PFF thing. So I love DeMario Davis. You like him too, Dayton. Um, Typically, when you're a Saints player, if you get a sack, you do a sack dance or something. DeMario Davis, if you're... uh, well, in general, if you're a DBZ fan, Dragon Ball fan, uh, DeMario Davis has been doing the Kamehameha. Uh, it's like a famous attack from the show. And uh, he was the highest-graded def- uh, defender this week for the Saints. And it actually shows him a uh, further picture. It shows him doing it. It's just really cool. He earned a elite 91.7 overall grade of the win over the Bears. So, he, he had five tackles, four defensive stops, and a pair of pressures while allowing a season-low nine yards of coverage. So, yeah, uh, if, you're, if you watch Dragon Ball Z and uh, you know Goku uh, in the show, uh, DeMario Davis is basically our Goku for the defense. So, yeah, uh, you keep doing those Kamehamehas, uh, DeMario Davis. So. <laughs> I like it. All right, it. so what? I like it. Yeah, I love it too, man. I love anime. And then uh Marcus Davenport. He he's admitted on the show not on the show. Uh in real life too that he likes anime. So kudos to him. Um, some other ones. Ryan Ramchek. Uh sometimes we don't always give all the props and love to our Offensive line, but this man deserves it. He's literally not human, and that's what PFF said, too. His 19 reps against Khalil Mack this weekend, he held Mack entirely in check. He didn't a Mack, Khalil Mack did not earn a single pressure, and he didn't beat Ramchek once in either the run or the pass game. He also won all 41 of his pass blocking snaps with a, without allowing one pressure. So obviously he, Ryan Ramchek was on PFF's uh, offensive line of the week, the team of the week, so... Kudos to him. Another player, this time on the defense, that deserves a lot of praise. I, I've been mentioning a little bit. You have, too. But, man, I hope he gets paid this year, man. Von Bell. He mm. earned his second elite grade in the last four weeks. at a 90.1 overall grade with a 96.4 run defense grade. One sack, one hit, one hurry on three rushes. A forced fumble. Seven tackles at four defensive stops. He, of course, made the PFF team of the week, too. Hudak goes out to him, and then my boy, Chauncey Garner-Johnson. He didn't give the Bears much this weekend, even with how much they went after his area of the field. In his first career start, my boy recorded a 71.3 overall grade and a 69.5 coverage grade, seven catches and 11 targets, 18 yards, all yards after the catch, two pass breakups, six tackles. So kudos to him. Let's see. And then uh, Demario Davis also made him the highest grade. His grade uh, allowed him to be uh, be the highest grade linebacker this week and earned him a, a spot on the team of the week. So, man, Saints all around are making it. And then let's see. Keiko Alonso, I know we haven't really talked much about him, but here are some snaps for – oh well, here are some information for him in regards to how he did this week. So his 38 snaps in Week 7 were by far the most in the game this year, so that's promising for what we're looking to get out of him. On the year now, 90 snaps, he's graded at a 57.8 overall grade. He's done better in run defense with a 64.8 grade, a 28.5 tackling grade, not great exactly, but a 53.6 coverage grade. And then they go on to say that's still not a great sample size to make a clear judgment on, but he's at least at the level that's more or less expected. So not bad, of course, but obviously when you have other linebackers Stepping up like Demaral Davis, AJ Klein being very reliable and consistent. You you don't uh, you don't really need much of him. So other than that, and also one more thing, fantasy football point per game leaders. Uh, you had Michael Thomas uh, right behind Chris Godwin, averaging 22.3. So man, you really can't guard him. It's freaking awesome. And then yeah, so they had Von Bell, Demaral Davis, Ryan Ramcheck Man, all on the team of the week. Jeez. Mm. All right, so let's get into the snap counts. So we mentioned on offense, the Saints had 78 offensive snaps. Uh, You had uh, Eric McCoy, Ryan Ramczyk, Andrews Pete, Larry Warford, and Tron Armstead all playing 100%. Let's see some other ones that stood out. Of course, obviously with Alvin Kamara being out, we had Latavius Murray playing 83% of the snaps, that equates to 65. We had Ted Ginn playing 55 snaps. Josh Hill played a ton with 53. He also got that touchdown, too, which was really cool. Austin Carr played 42, but didn't really make a big impact. Zach Lyon played 28 snaps. Will Clapp, the backup offensive line, uh, especially with Jerry Cook going out. I remember reading this on Twitter that they wanted to use Will Clapp more as a six offensive line uh, offensive lineman because they didn't have the blocking necessarily all for them there with Jerry Cook being out. He played 23% of the snaps with 18 Taysom Hill played a bit more with 14 snaps, um, so that's probably a, a good time for Jubilees too, considering when he was really out earlier in the weeks, so they because Taysom Hill was more of a backup in those situations, um, they didn't want to injure him, so they weren't playing him much. Now that Jubilees is just about back, uh, they're playing him more, which is really good for the Saints for their offense. Um, Zach Center, uh, he only played eight snaps, and now he's gone. Let's look at the defense. So, let's see. Yeah, sorry, I'm just zooming in really quick here. Yeah, on the defense, they played 65 uh, defensive snaps, and that equates to 100%. Von Bell, Eli Apple, and Marshawn Lanamore all played 100%. Chauncey Garner-Johnson, man, he played 59 snaps, 91%. That's awesome. I'm hoping maybe now that they see how big of an impact he can actually have for this defense, despite him being a rookie, despite you know other players that were once ahead of him, maybe he can actually make an impact for the Saints and be really helpful for them in the slot. So, DeMarco Davis, the main linebacker, played 69%, 45 snaps. And we had some other guys like David Anymara that played 55%. Shawn Rankins played 55%. Both of those are 36 snaps. Marlon Edwards played a bit more than weeks past with 23 snaps. Uh, Craig Robertson played a lot of special teams and a lot of defense with 20 snaps. Let's see. You have uh, Cameron Jordan play forty-one snaps. So the Saints are still finding ways to get pressure, even though uh, Cameron Jordan isn't playing a lot, a lot of snaps. So that's really good on his yeah. part. A lot of rotation
0: uh, Mal- on the defensive front there, and it's yeah, good. Mal- Malcolm Brown makes that possible too. He usually starts oh, the games and then is able to give some relief to Sheldon Rankin's Who,
1: yeah. The Saints are so deep right now on the defensive line. They can they can give 30, 40 snaps to one player mm-hmm. and keep them fresh throughout the game. That's what they need, too, going into the playoffs. And Marcus Davenport, the other defensive end, he actually played a few snaps more than Jordan. He played 68% and 44. Carl Granderson, the backup defensive end, played 20 snaps. Saquon Hampton, uh, like we mentioned earlier, had 18 snaps. And P-Rob, yeah, only played one defensive snap. Uh, he played mostly special teams, but yeah, those are the PFF, uh, PFF grades and uh, snap counts for the week, you guys.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, um, yeah also, yeah, big, big shout-out to Vaughn Beltu. He already has two forced fumbles. Dude, he's and, paid, man. Hold on, hold on. He still has two yeah. forced fumbles and four fumble recoveries on the year, which is super, super impressive. Um, yeah, I'm trying to uh, – uh, for receiving stats, too, the only other person – who had more than, um, so Latavius Murray had five catches for 31 yards. Of course, Mike Thomas led the team nine catches, 131 yards. The only other person who had more than two catches on the day was Josh Hill, who had three catches, 43 yards. He had that touchdown. Um, Ted Ginn Jr. had two catches for 48 yards, but of course one of them was for a 45-yard gain. That's where a bulk of his uh, uh, points come from. Austin Carr had two drops in the game um Taysom Hill was targeted twice he had one catch for four yards uh for rushing of course it was all Murray and then um Zach Line had a carry Zach Zenner had a carry and uh yeah than that not really any other oh AJ Klein also had a f- the f- other fumble recovery and I believe that was off of um, Anthony Miller's fumble um, by the Bears and then even though yeah they had one sack by Abdullah Anderson they had Khalil Mack had one quarterback hit. Other than that, he didn't do anything besides eight tackles. Uh, Lao Nichols had a quarterback hit. And so did Roy Robertson-Harris, who really only played in a few snaps for them. Other than that, Bridgewater had a extremely clean pocket all day. Um, yeah. Is there anything, any other notes we have for now the that game? That I'm We've already at talked it. about who we loved and who needs to improve.
1: Yeah, I was only going to say just uh, I need to give more props to the offensive-defensive line, man. It seems yeah. like when it, when it comes to big football games like this, it's always one of the trenches. And to have not only the defensive line generating enough pressure, like I, I can't tell you how many times in the past I've, I've been like, man, we need to get somebody opposite Cameron Jordan, you know? Like we really need it. Mm-hmm. And now that like not only are they getting it, but they're generating so much pressure from the inside, The the nose tackle, the defensive tackle, they're like, it's all around four freaking huge beasts coming at you. Like, what are you to do? And then you have the great linebackers, Mario Davis, A.J. Klein, Anzalone when he was playing and not hurt, Mm. Uh, plugging the gaps. You literally can't go nowhere. They're not only eliminating the run, they're forcing opposing quarterbacks to put it on their backs. And nine times out of ten, it's not only working. It's giving the advantage to the Saints, and it's helping them to win these games. So They don't always need a huge offensive presence. Sure, they had it this game, but they don't need it. We've got a defense of Savages. Uh, I'm taking that from the Yankees. I'm a huge Yankees fan. They were calling themselves Savages. The mm-hmm. Saints are Savages is what they are for being able to do that. And now you're getting Drew Brees back, who is going to put up way more points than Teddy Bridgewater was. So. Dude, like, how do you stop the Saints right now? Answer, you don't. The Saints are amazing.
0: Yeah, 100%. There's, uh, they're playing way too well on both sides of the ball. And, yeah, games are won and lost in the trenches. And Saints have been dominating the trenches uh, on this five-game win streak. Um, So, yeah, that's the game. Very impressive game for the Saints. They'll be taking on the Cardinals on Sunday. And we'll have a preview episode for that game out for you guys uh, on Friday. Now... For the NFC South, the Saints are still in first place with a six and one record. Right behind them are the Carolina Panthers at four and two, uh, who have won four games in a row. And then uh, right behind them are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and then, of course, sitting at the bottom of the division, um, mm-hmm. very very sad are the Atlanta Falcons who are one and six now. Now both the Panthers and the Bucks, Bucks by the way, are two and four. Uh, had a bye this week. Um so the only other NFC South team to play were the Atlanta Falcons, who and they got went smack. Yeah, and they went up against the uh LA Rams, uh, and they lost thirty-seven to ten in Atlanta. Um it was three to three after the first quarter, and then after that it was all Los Angeles. Um Jared Goff looked like a god, and then of course the uh Rams have a running back by committee now with Todd Gurley dealing with arthritis, so uh total of twenty-nine carries uh, between both Gurley and Henderson uh, made the day for them and the Falcons offense just looked bad Matt Ryan got hurt uh, Matt Schaum scored the only touchdown for mm. for the Falcons he was he was the quarterback on that touchdown drive six to six 65 yards for a touchdown um, Falcons are not a good team uh, and they of course just traded their number two receiver Mohamed Sanu uh, to the New England Patriots so seems like um, they're in a rebuilding mode, especially if they end up losing um, next week, uh, which yeah. I believe they are playing the Seahawks. Yeah, they're playing the Seahawks in Atlanta. That's going to be a tough win, if, even at home for them. So, um, yeah, anything else you want to say yeah. about the game or anything? Uh, well,
1: real quick, just about the Falcons. you know why they suck, too? Not only do they suck because they're the Dirty Birds, yeah. but I was reading about them, too. And they have so much money invested in so little players. I think it's like... Less than a third of their team—it's like twenty yeah. some players are, make up ninety nine percent of their cap. It's ridiculous. Like they're just gonna set up to fail, especially when they're not getting the expectations delivered from their players. So Falcons, you can get a top pick and you could stay at the bottom of the division and you could stay sucking. So sure, yeah. But and other than that, the game Saints play good. Hopefully they'll play good uh, again this week. Saints are rolling. Who that, baby? That's all I need to say. Yeah,
0: it's going to be super hard for the Falcons to maneuver money correctly for them to actually rebuild this. Uh, A lot of teams aren't going to want to take some of the contracts they have. um, And if they end up cutting guys, then they still got to pay them a portion of that money, and it's essentially just dead money for them. So the Falcons are going to be in a very interesting spot. It all starts with what they decide to do with head head coach Dan Quinn. Are they going to keep him? Are they going to fire him? sounds like they should fire him and go for an offensive-minded guy. Um, But we'll see. Matt Ryan's career is dwindling down. I mean, he only has a few years left of, uh, you know, elite or above average play before, you know, he most likely will start to rescind. Um, And so the Falcons are really going to have to think what they're going to do with this team, what they're going to do with the head coach, what they're going to do with Matt Ryan, what they're going to do with all the money that's owed. So uh, Falcons are in a terrible spot and you love to see it. Uh, And Cam
1: Newton might get traded, too. So,
0: yeah, I don't know about that. I think that I think the Panthers are going to hold on to him. Um, you think so? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that he means too much to that community right now for them to just trade him like this. Um, yeah, but that's just me. Now, are they going to start if him, Just talking me. football, I think it would be smart for them to trade him. Kyle Allen has kind of proven that he's you know good enough at least there. Um, yeah, but I think just kind of trading him away in the middle of a season just because you know he's been dealing with an injury and his backup is a little bit better than him. Based off of what he's done for Carolina, I don't think they'll react yeah. that quickly. But after this season, I I would be surprised if, um, or I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, attempted to trade him. So yeah, but we'll see. We'll see about that. But yeah, trade deadline coming up October 29th, which is a week from tomorrow. Um, or sorry, a week from yesterday, I should say. So next Tuesday. Um, so again, Friday we'll be having a preview episode for the Cardinals uh, game that the Saints will be playing um in arizona or my my bad sorry no this is actually a home (laughs) game they're they're coming it's a home
1: game they're coming
0: off of a a two road game so this is the first first home game they'll be having in in a couple of weeks um so in the dome um but again we'll have the preview episode for you out on friday for that um and then when lose draw for next week we will have um a review episode for it so We'll I don't have enough time older. for we don't have enough time for full outros. Follow us on Twitter at the WDD podcast. Follow me at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Follow Tyler at Raymond Tyler M. Anything else you want to say, Tyler, before we sign off? Nope. Fantastic and and uh, subscribe to and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spreaker. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you later this week. And as always,
1: who that been?